Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio. We are broadcasting live from Miami, Arizona today, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be here with Kendra Maples, with Culture Crush, who's been a great support member for me. And Evelyn, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come here and spend the day with all these important people in your life and the town of Miami. Evelyn Vargas is the town's economic development director, and we had a chance to meet in my studio about a month ago. And after hearing about all the great things that are happening in your city, I knew I wanted to come up and spend the day with you. So please tell us about Miami, Arizona, and what's what's happening here that has you excited. Well, thank you for being here, first of all. Uh, I think all our business owners have gotten such a great experience just speaking with you today. A lot of people call Miami, Miami, Arizona. So you will know a true native when they say Miami, Arizona. And... There's a story behind that, and I'm not sure how true this story is. There's a couple of stories. But in the early days of copper mining, there were two gentlemen from Miami, Ohio. And there was also a gentleman named Blackjack Newman who had a fiancé named Mima. And about the same time, they, they had copper claims or silver claims here in the area. And they were getting ready to name the town. The two brothers wanted to name it Miami. Arizona, because they were from Miami, Ohio. Blackjack Newman wanted to name it Mima because of his fiancée. And so they kind of combined, they came to an agreement that they would spell it M-I-A-M-I, but pronounce it Mima. And so through the years, that combination of Miami and Mima just kind of morphed into Miami. So when you hear somebody say Miami, Arizona, they're talking about this Miami, Arizona. I love that story. I've never heard it before. I've been in Arizona since 1979 and certainly have passed through Globe Miami area several times. I have no doubt that now that I know the story, it will trigger me when I hear someone use the other pronunciation. And you have been born and raised here and raised your kids here. You're a longtime resident and now serving in a really beautiful capacity as the economic development director. Tell us a little bit about what it's been like to grow up here. It was wonderful. I grew up a couple miles just out outside of the one square mile that Miami is, and the hills were my backyard. And so every Saturday and Sunday, we spent the whole day in the hills, you know, just climbing and exploring and, you know, being with friends. We would start little campfires. Don't tell anybody, but that's what we used to do. I tell everyone that I was a smoker. You know, I smoked a cigarette in third grade that we found up in the hills. We were hiking and we found a little bud of a cigarette, but I started and stopped the same minute. It just made me cough so much. But those were the things that we were able to do, just go up in the hills and explore and go over to the school and play tennis and throw football on the football field. It was just a beautiful place to grow up. We would come to into Miami, which was couple of miles from my house uh, for swimming lessons and activities that were going on in the different schools here in the area to shop. You know, when I was growing up, every shop in town almost was open. There were dress shops, shoe shops, hardware stores, just a lot of different things to do to shop, uh, go to the movies. 
a lot of things to do. Over the years, probably in the late 70s or early 80s is when we saw a huge decline in business activity here in Miami. It really took a shot when Walmart came into town. It just kind of finished off what was left in downtown Miami. Just a beautiful time to grow up. You know, it was thriving. And it wasn't even thriving as much as when my mom and dad grew up in this area. They said there was never any place to park. All the shops were busy. But just through the changing times, we lost um, a lot of the businesses, a lot of people, instead of living in the area, if they worked at the mines, they chose to start living in the valley area, probably because there were more amenities, more shopping, et cetera. And the theme I've heard today from many of the business owners who grew up here and now are coming back from the valley, there's a a change starting to happen. People are seeking more solitude and more neighborly conversations and small business supporting local. Did you ever imagine yourself in this role, supporting businesses and the economic growth of Miami? I didn't foresee myself in this role. I, you know, I took a couple of uh, changes in my profession. And, but I think everything that I've done in my life, my work experience has led, led me to this time. I love Miami. I have always thought it was a gold mine for tourism. You know, we have so much uh, history here. I think of Miami and the early days of copper. Miami truly, we lit the world with, with lights. You know, we cannot go a day without copper, and that's what Miami is. Miami is a copper, huge copper industry. We produce, I think it's 15% of the United States copper here in Miami, Arizona. Uh, We have Resolution Copper that's hopefully going to go online pretty soon. It's the deepest mine shaft in the world um, with probably the richest ore body. So that's going uh, to happen hopefully in the next couple of years. Miami also has another mine, Freeport McMoran, which is one of the largest mines in the United States, if not in the world. We have a smokestack that's coming down, and it was an iconic smokestack that you know, was part of the the kind of skyscape, you know, for years and years and years. And, and that's coming down. We're making room for a more modern furnace uh, to smelt the copper. You think about future of copper, demand is only rising. You think about electric cars and all the homes that are being built, satellites, all the space travel that's coming up. You know, the demand for copper is going to be great. And This is the heart of copper. So much history. The building that we're in is the museum. We talked about it a little bit earlier this morning. Uh, And it once was a schoolhouse that you uh, were here. For for what grades were you here? Or was it the whole time you were in school? I was here fourth and fifth grade. Tom mentioned earlier that it was built in 1923. And it was specifically for segregation. So this school was for Hispanic Native American population. Uh, The Anglo population went to a school up on the hill. I like to think that Miami was way ahead of the state mandate to desegregate because we just desegregated in, I think, the late 40s. And I like to attribute that to our wonderful Mexican food. And that's my very personal opinion. I think that when you bring together people over food, a lot of things get resolved. 
And here's a quick story. My my husband's mother's family, a family of 17 children, and they're featured here in, in the museum. My husband's grandfather built quite a few of the buildings here in Miami. He was a contractor. Uh, it was the Flores family. They had 17 children. There was some Swedish background on the mother's side. And so when the 17 children lined up, they were blonde and blue-eyed all the way down to dark hair, dark skin. And so when they started to go to school, it wasn't truly about segregating a race. It was segregating skin color because if the blonde-haired, blue-eyed kids from that Flores family, once they got into school, they went to Inspiration Edition, the darker skin came to Bullion Plaza. So I don't even think we had segregation correct. So we so. didn't have it correct, <laughs> not even a little no. bit. That's a fantastic story and incredible history. What in this role for you gets you most excited about coming into 2024? What are you seeing and noticing, even just in the stories that you've had a chance to listen today as we've been doing these interviews? I think right now what gets me excited is when I speak to an investor and they're excited about this town. They see what we see. And, you know, I was speaking to a couple of investors a couple of days ago and took them into the YMCA building and they were so excited about it. They, we could do this. We could do that. Oh, my gosh, what an opportunity this building is, you know, in the right hands. I think that's what really does my heart good at this point is that people see what a treasure this community is. And there's so many people from the Alumni Association, for example, that want to come back and make a difference in in their hometown. And they're bringing other people. And so you see people walking up and down the street just kind of looking and observing. And a lot of times I'll stop and say, you know, can I help you? You looking for something and they'll say, this is such a fascinating town, full of character charm. It would be an awesome tourist place. And that's how we're trying to drive it. Well, there's no reason why it can't success, succeed with a great team of people that you have and all the great business owners who are excited about that development. And I can't help but think of towns like Prescott and Jerome and some of the other areas that we have that even Gilbert, for that matter, which is, you know, in the, in the metropolitan area, They've been revived, and those communities have really embraced the idea. So uh, I have no doubt that we're going to be seeing that in the near future. Evelyn, how can business leaders, um, investors, how can we learn more about what you're up to? Does it does it make sense for just us to come up here and spend some time with you? I, I know for me that's it's been incredible. Now this uh, town of Miami has a very special place in my heart after spending time with you guys today. How would you recommend business owners and investors might take a first step in getting to know you guys better? I think just give me a call, give the town hall a call. I am always willing to drop everything to show somebody around the town of Miami because so many people just drive on 60 and just pass right by the beautiful downtown area of Miami. A lot of people don't even realize it's there, but is it's rich in history. It's uh, such a, a wonderful walking community. You know, there's no hills to go up and down. It's just a nice straight shot. We have uh, so many different types of businesses. I like to say that Miami is manufacturing, they're makers. Industry, 
You know, we have a lot of innovation. We're arts, antiques, great food, mining, you know, today, mining of the past. Uh, so we have just every aspect that so many people would be interested in. And as we said earlier, there's a lot of folks who are looking to make a change in their life. I think maybe we have COVID to thank if there's any blessing from COVID. I think we've, many of us have taken a step backwards and really reconsidered maybe some of the busyness and the the craziness of life. And so a, a city like this, a small town like this is very appealing for many people. I think it brings peace is what it is, you know, especially for people that come from uh, the hustle and bustle of metropolitan Phoenix area. You know, they come to small rural towns of Superior, Miami, Globe, and it's a different pace. Us natives complain when we hit two stoplights on our way to work. You know, it takes us five minutes instead of three minutes to get to work. But, you know, I think Miami is just very peaceful. When my husband and I graduated from college up at NAU, uh, we had the opportunity to go to many different places for jobs. But my husband and I said, let's go home. And that's what we did. And what a beautiful impact that you and your family have had over the years. Thank you so much again for inviting us to be here today and uh, spending time with us. What else do you want to mention before we close? Well, we're having a small town Christmas on Saturday, and it's a huge event. Christine Dorothy does a, a spectacular job in transforming our little veterans park into a winter wonderland. Uh, Santa Claus will be there on Saturday. Prior to that, that starts at five, but prior to that is a craft show. So all our local makers will be near Veterans Park showing and selling the things that they make. So great opportunity to get find some unique Christmas items. And is that an annual event or is this the first year? It's an annual event. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many years that it's been going on. Quite a number, but it seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger, which is so important and so vital to economic development. You know, all these events that all our different groups have within Miami are so vital to economic growth. We bring people in, they see what we have. The next event, maybe we've opened another shop like Sweet Memories. Uh, They have the opportunity to look at that shop and, you know, they tell other friends. So these uh, community events are so critical for economic growth. Thank you again for having us, and I look forward to coming back many, many more times. Well, we look forward to it, to it too. Thank you, Karen. 